well to sing and to praise Him. Oh, well, that night as the angels came and they uh, worshipped and uh, their message was to the shepherds. And here in Luke chapter 2, verse 15, it says, down through verse 20, it says, And it came to pass as the angels were gone away. You know, it's almost a picture there that there was a group of angels that came, maybe one or a few, and then a heavenly host came. And so more angels came. It's almost like, can we go? Can we go also? And they came and they exalted the Lord. But they are gone away into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. What an exciting time. And what an exciting time this morning that we have to worship the Lord. Well, we're going to take up an offering. If you are a guest this morning, I hope you got a welcome card. You can drop that in the offering plate. If you did not get a welcome package, they have them at the welcome center there at the back. I encourage you to pick up one. As we take up this offering, may we remind it of the sacrifice of our Lord and sending His Son to be our Savior. Father, we are grateful for the amazing, wonderful truth that we get to sing about today and the things that we get to listen to today as well. Father, I pray that, Lord, that You'll just grab our hearts and that truly there will be an offering of praise in our lives. And as we take up this offering, we are reminded of the offering of Your Son to be our Savior and what a sacrifice it was. And, Father, truly what a privilege it is to give back unto Thee. And truly, as it says in the Bible, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And, Lord, as we come into this Christmas season, that true gift of salvation, that that love that You had for us, that You so wanted us to become Your children, that You gave Your Son so that we could have that chance of eternal life. And truly that blessed hope is secured by putting our faith in what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. And so now as we give us this time to offer our offerings, Lord, I pray you'll bless the gift and the giver. And again, Father, may our hearts be overflowing with gratitude of the privilege and the blessings that you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
2,000 years ago, and the Roman Empire has conquered and subjugated Israel. Rome has restricted Israel's authority to rule on matters only of religion and solely within the confines of the temple. Rome's oppression of Israel includes the appointment of Herod the Great as king of the Jews. Herod is not a Jew. He is an Edomite, a distant relative of Ishmael. Herod is not a descendant of King David, and it is certain that he is not Israel's heaven-sent deliverer. The Jews have been waiting 400 years for God to answer their prayers concerning their promised Messiah. The people of Zion understand that this desperate situation necessitates rescue and redemption. They are yearning and praying, watching and waiting for the coming of their Messiah. It is now time to allow our hearts to quietly reflect on the events that encircle the birth of our Lord Jesus. Are you keeping the watch for your Redeemer? Yeah. 
The Jews are keeping watch. They have searched the scriptures and they have found evidence for hope that the Messiah will come to redeem them. The Messiah is coming. But who is it that they are expecting? Many are watching for a conquering hero, a warrior to save them from Roman enslavement. Is this the reason the Messiah is to come? Are you watching and waiting for someone to save you from your trials and tribulations, both here and now? Two influential groups preside over Jewish affairs, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees observe strict rules of conduct so that they outwardly comply with all the laws of Moses. They are concerned with their own righteousness and are thoroughly absorbed with it. They do not comprehend that they are completely engrossed with the perfecting of their public conduct and utterly neglectful of their inner darkness and sinful pride. They separate themselves from common sinners. They do not try to reach out and lead the people. And yet it is these lost souls that are the very ones God is sending the Messiah to redeem from sin. Blinded in the darkness of their own prideful behavior, they cannot see their own need to be redeemed from their sins. The Sadducees cherish their position of privilege and power within the temple judicial system. Relying solely on the law of Moses, the high priest executes rigid justice without mercy toward any offender. Will they recognize the Messiah as the merciful, gracious, and faithful high priest? Messiah will come to sacrifice his life to pay the penalty for the sins of others. Their fanatical application of the law of Moses prevents them from comprehending their own need for mercy. Yet, a few Jews with humble hearts still seek after God. They are sensitive to God's yielding and available to be used by him in a special way. One such man is a priest named Zechariah. He faithfully ministers in the temple. It is his privilege and duty to burn incense and pray before the Lord on behalf of the children of Israel. His heart is pleading, O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. O come, thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the Death's dark shadows put to flight. Oh, come, desire of nations, bind all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid in be strife and
Zechariah looks up, standing on the right side of the altar, an angel of the Lord appears and says, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Is your heart prepared? Then the angel Gabriel visits Mary, who is a virgin and who is betrothed to Joseph, a carpenter. They are both descendants of King David. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel tells her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary does not understand. How can she have a child when she has never known a man? Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Mary is willing to do all her Lord asks of her. Do you faithfully seek the Lord's direction and obey with a heart of humility? Mary hurries to visit her cousin Elizabeth. There she finds that her cousin, who had been barren, is now with child. Two miracles. Elizabeth, whose womb was dead and is now brought to life, and Mary, who has never known a man, is now carrying the Son of God. Two prophecies fulfilled. One to prepare hearts to receive the Messiah. One to sacrifice his life in order to bring reconciliation between God and man. When she looked back on the events surrounding the birth of her son Jesus, she pondered them in her heart. Did she know what would later happen to this child as he grew to adulthood? Did she know why he came?
Troubling thoughts flood Joseph's mind, learning that Mary, his betrothed, is with child. Joseph loves Mary and does not want to publicly humiliate her. The most compassionate thing to do is break the betrothal quietly. It was then that an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph wakes up and without hesitation takes Mary as his wife. They continue to maintain their purity until after Jesus is born. Joseph sacrifices his own reputation and willingly humbles himself in submission to his Lord as he compassionately cares for Mary, his wife. At the time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Joseph is a descendant of King David and has to go to Bethlehem to register. Even though Mary is about to have a baby, she must go with her husband. Bethlehem is filled to overflowing with travelers. There is no room for them in the inn. Often our lives are overflowing with activity. We do not set aside time time to quiet our minds and souls and listen to God's still small voice. If Jesus came to your door, would you hear him knocking? Would you find a place to quietly sit at his feet and listen? In the Gospel of Matthew, God's word says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In John 1, 1 and 14, the Bible says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Nestled in the fertile hills and valleys of Judea is the city of Bethlehem. And that name means the house of bread. 
It is here that Mary gives birth to her firstborn son, Jesus, who is the bread of life. After she lovingly wraps him in swaddling clothes, she lays him in a manger. A manger is a feeding trough. Is this a coincidence or is it providence? As Joseph watches Mary's child, the Son of God, he is reminded of what the angel said to him, and he marvels at this tiny infant. Yeah. 
That night there were shepherds in nearby fields guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, the Christ has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. God chose to announce the birth of his son to ordinary shepherds lovingly caring for their sheep on the nearby hillsides. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd who leads his sheep in paths of righteousness. The joyful shepherds rise up and hurry to the manger. The good shepherd calls his sheep and they follow because they know his voice. Are you listening for his voice? Do you hear him calling? Rise up and follow. appeared in the heavens, and wise men from the east, the Magi, took notice. As they gaze heavenward, they know the prophesied righteous king is to be born. They desire to see him, to give him honor, and to worship him. 
As the wise men arrive in Jerusalem, they ask King Herod, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? When Herod hears these words, born king of the Jews, they are as a knife thrust into him that cuts very deep. Herod was not born king of the Jews. He is an appointed king. Murderous thoughts rush through Herod's evil mind as he gathers the chief priests and scribes, demanding to know where this Messiah is to be born. He cunningly inquires of the wise men as to the exact time the star appeared and urges them to return and tell of where he too may find this newborn king and worship him also. These wise men from the east, these magi, head toward Bethlehem, and immediately Herod begins devising his bloody plot to secure his position as king of the Jews by eliminating this newborn rival. When he realizes these wise men are not returning by way of Jerusalem, he flies into a rage. Willing to do anything to retain his power, Herod orders the murder of all children in and around Bethlehem two years and younger. This evil deed is a reflection of his sin-filled heart. The wise men traveled long distances to find this newborn king, and when they came to the house where the young child was, they fell down and worshipped him. They offered the Lord Jesus precious gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Herod rejects Christ, but the wise men bow down and worship him. Neither Herod nor the wise men were born Jews, yet God is not willing that any should perish. They know this is Israel's much-anticipated Redeemer, but do they know that he also came to be their Redeemer as well? Will you bow down before the King of Righteousness, the Prince of Peace, and offer him your sacrifice of praise?
Why wouldn't we want to bring an offering of praise to the Lord? Come and worship. The songs that we've heard so well depict the coming of our Lord and so many truths that we've heard today. I I would hope that our hearts have been uh, blessed beyond measure as we think about what our Lord has done for us in coming to this world to be our Savior. Uh, yesterday, I had the opportunity to go out and between um, the raindrops, we actually had sunshine yesterday. You all remember that? And I rode my bike around. I thought, you know, we got a few more of these invitations. So I, I enjoy bike evangelism. Well, I was traveling around. I was listening to some music and passing out some brochures. And I just got so excited about what the Lord has done for me. I want to bow my knee. I want Him to be pleased with my life. I don't want it to become just rote or something uh, that we go through the motions. I want it to be very real. And I want to keep it real. Because this world needs to see Jesus Christ. If you don't know Him this morning, I want to encourage you to come to know Him. The choir has sang so many beautiful songs this morning. And in your program, it has a list of those songs. And the first one that they sang this morning was entitled... Keep the watch. And as I had opportunity to read the words of the songs this week to prepare a little bit of thoughts that we can give to you at this time, I, I thought about that as Israel was looking and longing, air pining for their Messiah, the Christ to come. From Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where the first promise called the pro-evangelical uh, there of His coming as the seed of the woman. And then you go through Genesis, other references to His coming. And there, Genesis 49, where it says, just before uh, 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 Jacob is uh, going to die, he gives the prophecies of his sons, and he talks about Judah. And he says that out of Judah will He come that will be the lion. And it says there that the scepter will not uh, ever leave uh, Judah and those promises that are, you go through the Scripture, some 300 of them, so literally fulfilled. Micah 5, 2, where it talks about Him coming in Bethlehem of Judea. And then Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. What a marvelous promise of Him coming as to a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a child, and His name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. The Jews, as Brother Turner talked about, they were looking for their Messiah to come to be their deliverer and to free them from their slavery, from the Roman oppression. But Jesus came to free man from the slavery of sin and to give us eternal life. We have to ask ourselves which would be better, to have a temporal freedom from slavery or to have the freedom from the penalty of sin and given eternal life. I don't know about you, but I would much rather choose the second because eternity is forever. And if you've never been freed from your sin and the penalty of your sin, you need to come to Jesus Christ and accept Him. Come thou long expected Jesus. And by the way, those 300 prophecies of His first coming, how many more are there of His second coming and we are looking for Him to come again. 
O come, O come, Emmanuel. One of the phrases in that uh, song, I think it's the second verse, it says, Disperse the gloomy clouds of night. And I think that uh, how many times that my soul sometimes will sink because of the things that are going on in this world. But I come and I lift my worship, my praise unto Him, and those clouds vanish as I look into the gaze of my wonderful Lord and realize how much He loves me. Oh, I hope you understand how much He loves you. No room. No room. You know, it seems like this world is making less room for God today. Don't you agree? And I wonder in our busyness, even of this Christmas time, do we get so busy and caught up with the season that we don't make room for Him as He should be, the King of our lives and the Lord of our lives? Have you made room for Him? Has He come into your heart and become your Savior? And then the hands that first held Mary. As I was reading the words, I realized that was a story about Joseph. The hands that first held Mary's child. Joseph was the earthly father there. And I, and I started thinking about those hands of a carpenter who was holding the carpenter of the universe. Started thinking of those rough hands. Oh, maybe the baby Jesus didn't feel those rough hands at first because he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, burial clothes. My wife, the other day, she wanted me to put on lotion on my hands to smooth them up. I said, honey, I want my hands to feel like a real man's hands. Sometimes that's hard as a pastor to get your hands to feel like a real man's hands. But, uh, oh, those hands. Can you imagine as Joseph held this precious baby, the creator of the universe, the savior of man's hand, mankind? The child, Emmanuel, God with us, the Creator. Then the story, Rise Up, Shepherds. Didn't you enjoy that song, Shepherds, Rise Up? This is probably one of my favorite parts of the story because Jesus didn't come to King Herod. He didn't come to the Pharisees or the Sadducees. He came to the, it seems like, those who were kind of out in the distance. Came to those shepherds. Watching their flock by night. And you can imagine the, the surprise to them as they stood there. And here's this angel. And then a multitude of heavenly hosts came proclaiming Jesus. Now you think of all these things that took place at Jesus' birth. The creator of the universe, the king, came to a lowly birth. There was no room at the end. Being born in a, in a manger, in a feeding trough, as we've heard. All these things and coming to those shepherds. Oh, my. Uh, the angels pronounced peace on earth. But you know, when you realize what took place, as we've heard already, there wasn't seem, it didn't seem like there was peace. Because as we heard, Herod was not happy with the coming Savior, the King of the Jews. And so he had those children, two years of age and under, murdered. The peace says... Joseph and Mary fled to Egypt to escape that. And then Jesus dying on the cross. Well, you know, he came to bring peace, but it wasn't so that the swords would stop here, though we would love to see those swords. He came to bring peace to mankind. The peace that maybe you and I don't realize before we are saved, the Bible talks to us as being enemies of God. You know, most people don't understand that. Most people don't see themselves as a sinner, but God says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's why God left heaven and came to this world to die on the cross, to give us peace in our heart, to give us an assurance that for, for no doubts about it, that we, when we die, we will spend eternity with God in heaven. Isn't that great peace? Peace that passes all understanding. Goodwill towards men. Oh, I hope today that you know Jesus as your Savior. And as those angels came and proclaimed to those shepherds, as we read this morning, they got up in haste and they went to see the Savior. And, and you read about it there as they went away. They talked about those things that they had seen and heard. And oh, the joy that was in their heart. This morning I was thinking about those shepherds. They could have been like us. Well, yes, we've been called to go and do something. But yet, 
maybe excuses could start coming into our minds and we start pondering, well, should we do this or shouldn't we do this? Uh, maybe they could have thought in their minds, well, who's going to watch these sheep if we go uh, to Bethlehem? You ever thought about that? I mean, that's what hit me this morning is who's going to watch these sheep? I don't know who watches sheep. I mean, but that was their livelihood. But they left their sheep to go find the shepherd. And right now, I want to challenge you. What would keep you back from going and finding the shepherd? People make all kinds of excuses of why they don't put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that someday every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess him as Lord. How much better it would be for us right now to bow our knee and to invite Christ to come into our heart. I want you to bow your heads with you just for a moment. I hope you've been challenged. I, I have sensed a real peace in this uh, uh, musical this morning, this cantata. My heart has been uh, uh, just blessed by the sweetness of the music and the truth that's been presented. We don't hear that much today. And so often maybe the Christmas story gets... Uh, lost in some of the traditions of Christmas. But maybe you're lost in some of the traditions of Christmas. Maybe you're like me who has grown up knowing this Christmas story, but it wasn't my story. Maybe you've always believed in Jesus and this wonderful truth that we get to hear about today. But there comes a time in your life where you understand that Jesus came not just for the world, but he came for you. And you invite him into your heart and you make room in your life, in your soul, by inviting him in to be your savior. Have you done that? If you've not done that, what would keep you from getting up right now and inviting him into your heart? Or right there where you sit, what would keep you from saying, God, I see the truth of Christmas is that Jesus came to this world to be my savior. And to rescue me from the penalty of sin. To give me peace in my soul. To make peace with God. And oftentimes you hear people at the end of their life saying, have, have you made peace with God? Why not make peace with God right now if you haven't? And invite Him into your heart to be your Savior. And to take away the eternal penalty and give you eternal life. Invite Him in. Say, Lord, come into my heart. I see the truth of Christmas. I see the truth of the gospel that Jesus came to this world. He died on a cross. He was buried and he rose again. And he did that for my sins. I am so glad there was a time in my life when I was 15 years of age that I understood it was for me he died. If this morning God's calling you to that understanding and your heart is being open to that and you this morning have been spoken to by God through these words of the scriptures and through this message of song, then why not today invite him into your heart? You can do that right now. Come into my heart and save me. Don't live the rest of your life without room for him. Make him your savior. Make him your Lord. Come into my heart and save me. He says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Invite him in right now. And maybe there's some here this morning also that maybe your heart has grown a little bit cold. Or you, that worship of the Lord and that bowing of the knee and surrendering to whatever God would have you to do. Maybe God's speaking to your heart right now and say, you know what? God's speaking. God's working in my heart. Yes, I've accepted the Lord. But this morning I just, I need to get back in my and being in tune with him to hear his call, to know what he has for my life, and not to waste whatever life I have left. If this morning God has spoke to your heart and either inviting him into your life or right now you're just sensing him trying to get your attention about what life's all about, and this morning you want to make that decision and you want to make those things in the right direction and God's been working in your heart. If that's your prayer this morning, I'd like to include you in this prayer uh, closing prayer of mine this morning. But if that's the case, would you just slip your hand up for a second and then put it back down? God's been speaking in my heart. Oh, my, he's worth worshiping. He's He's just so wonderful. I just want to rekindle that love, or I need to get him into my heart and be my Savior. Anyone else this morning? These that have raised their hands, others. Father, you know our hearts. You know our longing. You know the desire that we have to worship you. 
So, Lord, I pray you'll grant now the requests of these that have raised their hands. Maybe some this morning inviting you into their heart. Oh, Lord, come in. Come in. Father, thank you that we can open our hearts to the knocking on the door of coming into our hearts and lives. So, Father, we pray that you'll just ignite our soul now for a longing and a passion to be honorable to thee and to worship you and not just to get into a religion, but have a relationship with you that is vibrant and fresh every day we get up. Oh, Father, stimulate us for your glory now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you raise your hands or God's dealt with your heart, I want to encourage you when the choir finishes their last song and we said the final goodbyes or whatever, if there's something that God is working in your heart about and you'd like counsel or prayer, please don't hesitate to come and visit before you leave. As you prepare to celebrate Christmas this year, will you open your heart and make time for reflection? Who are you expecting the Messiah to be? Is he your Redeemer? Are you making yourself available to be a part of his plan? Do you follow his leading even when you cannot see the destination? Do you hear his voice? Will you offer the sacrifice of praise? Prepare your heart. Worship the Messiah, your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and fall on your knees.
think of that song, falling on my knees, realizing the King of kings and the Lord of glory, that he came for my sins. Praise the Lord for that. And I'll tell you what, I want to continue to fall on my knees and to worship him. And I'm going to tell you, it gets richer and deeper as you keep on going. And then as the song said there to give thanks to him for the salvation that he has brought to us. Amen and amen. If God has spoke to your heart this morning, I encourage you, don't leave without making sure you've fallen on your knees and come to Him to be your Savior. And then every day, all through the day, you, you and I need to be worshiping Him and the truth of what He deserves. Amen? Well, I don't know about you, but I enjoy it. And I think our choir deserves a big hand this morning. <laughs> Brother Turner, thank you for much for that reading. And uh, maybe you didn't get to the, the memo on this, but this production was authored by our one and very own Kim Louder. And Kim, we've got some flowers here for you and our appreciation for your writing that. Wasn't that wonderful? And I know you had a little bit of help as some of it was tweaked here and there, but the arrangements of the songs and everything else there. And then our special appreciation uh, to Mrs. Kaminsky, our choir director of 36 years. As she, uh, she gets the privilege to direct the choir, but she did the... Uh, the um, um, accompaniment with it as well, and everything. I get to give flowers to my wife. And if it's all right, can I kiss the choir director? <laughs> it is a privilege to worship the Lord. Amen. I want to encourage you to be back tonight, our Christmas communion. Nothing more special than Christmas communion, Easter communion, those kinds of things like that, as the thoughts of this season need to continue to be refreshed in our minds. And then on uh, Christmas Eve, our candlelight service as well at 5 o'clock. Let's stand together. Let's sing Joy to the World, and then you will be dismissed. We'll sing it a cappella if you guys have enough voices out here. Do we have enough? You all join the choir now. You'll become a part of the choir. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and and nature sing. Merry Christmas to all. You are dismissed. Amen.